right, right. I'll right. probably have to cut that out before I even send it to someone else to edit. <laughs> My name is Josh Alvarez, and welcome to episode 57 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks. This is part two of a two-parter. We combined forces with our uh, sister podcast, Horror <laughs> Business. Let me say, we said this. I had to travel to a dark cave with bats hanging in it. I know. Now we're we're now we're in the top side. We're back in Cinepunk Studios, right? AKA the Filipino Mansion. It's a- true. AKA it's called Melani International. Melani That's the name of the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and we're here with Justin. Now, I do want to say this before Justin um, acknowledges our gracious welcome and hospitality <laughs> to him. Uh, I do have to say really quickly. Uh, we both on Hard Business and on this show, we call each other sister podcasts, which is a bummer only in that um, there's a third podcast on the network, Loud Fast Philly, on which we, I don't think he ever brings us up and we never bring him up. And I just feel bad because I love Joe. We should change that. We should start. So let's say um, one of our sister podcasts, our other sister. Why is it sister too? I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with Destroy it. Destroy the patriarchy. So yeah, man. Yeah. You know, down, down. I like Loud Fast Philly. Yeah, we love them. We love Joseph. It's just, um, I think we say it because I'm on both of these podcasts. So right, it's like, right, right, it's right. Like I'm the, so really what this is is four people who can't get enough of my stupid voice. <laughs> we have another podcast in the in the hopper. We do. The Mandate. Yes, The Mandate, which uh, I have already contacted certain people to get like logos and all that stuff done. Good. So and I'm on it. We uh, we have a few other things brewing. We got t- We got... Tentacles out there. We got feelers. Yeah, there's some tentacles. Other, there's some other people. There's you with your Lovecraftian referencing, Justin. I do. That's what. See, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know, but Justin Lore is sitting here dressed like the Cthulhu. He's got this weird <laughs> tentacle mask on. I don't know what's going on. I've been accused of having a tentacle fetish in the past based on my ta- my my tattoos. Your tattoos. It's, do you know it's that Ob calls you Tat Daddy? Who does? Ob. Yeah, he's referred to me as Tat Daddy. He refers to you only as Tat Daddy. Really? It's yesterday weird. at the show, I played, I, Josh Alvarez, played the show with the cross keys yesterday, and OB came out, and he said to me, the first thing he said was, it bums me out that Tat Daddy thinks I'm a poser because I've never seen Phantasm. I don't, uh, okay, let me walk that back. First off, any man who calls <laughs> me, any, any man who calls me Tat Daddy uh-huh. is fucking awesome and gets a free pass. Yeah. So, <laughs> Justin Lore is the guy most likely to say... Um, you know, fuck smokers. They are all fucking assholes. And then be like, and then someone's like, oh, but my uncle's a smoker. He's like, I didn't mean him. He's great. I love that guy. <laughs> my, my, He's like my favorite dude. Both my parents are like ex-smokers. What I'm saying is, I'm you ex-smoker. make strong statements that sometimes you have to walk back. Dude, listen, hyperbole is no stranger to the Cinepunks podcast. Okay. No, no, no. We love hyperbole, but I, I try not to make statements I have to walk back. Oh, I see. I see. Right. I occasionally do have to walk them back. More often than not, I just burn the bridge and say, that's cool. We <laughs> were like, friends anyway. It. That's it. That's fine. Right. <laughs> I make no apologies for who I am. <laughs> I love you so much. Man. Okay, uh, we should jump into our first section, our regular section. Of stuff uh, that we've done lately, yeah, the Whacking on little, Track. A little thing we like to call... Whacking on, on track. track, Justin Lore is the best. <laughs> uh, I, I because you brought up the Lovecraftian reference, which right. by the way, I thought your uh, Cthulhu uh, costume you have on right now. I thought. 
because you thought of, it was Cthulhu. Well, I thought because of the cock-like nature of the tentacles <laughs> that you were actually the Oroko Sudoji, so I wasn't sure. Oh, it's a common, it's a common mistake. A lot the of people overfiend. Make. I overfiend really thought you were the overfiend. Yeah. I was like, that's a yeah. lot of laser yeah, yeah, yeah. cocks yeah, yeah. going on right now. Whole bunch of, you know, now that you've mentioned it, it does look like you have a beard or dicks on. Yeah. It's weird. I might. I don't know. It's green dicks. Um, no, we the uh, just the other night we went to a little something that I bet is going to be on Justin Lures. On track. You fucking better believe it. So, uh, would you like, as our guest, to begin the whacking on track? I'll go first. Sectione. I'll, I'll start with the whack. Do um, it. Oh wow. Okay. So, man, negative. Uh, Weird. It's called whacking on track. I'm I know. Going in, okay. No, you're so going in order. We always neglect the whack. Typically, section. we so, don't mention the whack stuff. You know why? Because we keep the PMA. Well, last on this night, podcast. last night, I cannot we keep the PMA. Don't. I know. Um, I watched a little movie, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Never oh, heard is of this it. this is like the remake, John? It's not a remake. What is Wait a minute. It, it op- okay, here it, it basically it's like it opens up literally five to ten minutes after the first one ends, the nineteen seventy four version. So this opens up with cop cars racing down the highway to the Sawyer house. But what year is this came came out? 2014, 2015. Oh, I see no. what you're saying. So it's yeah. like someone made a later yeah. sequel. So they make and it, it's basically Fuck they tried to like Halloween these to cops, it. Cops I yeah, the cops go to this go to the Sawyer house. <clears throat> my man Bill Mosley is in the movie as Drayton Sawyer, the cook from the original one. He Big comes, up Bill yeah, Mosley. What up, up Bill Mosley? Liter- literally the only good thing about this movie. Uh, mob shows up. They burn the place down. Turns out there's a little girl, little little baby girl who survives. She's then an adult, and then she inherits this mansion from her grandmother who dies, and Leatherface lives in the basement. Hilarity does not ensue. What's weird about it is the actress who plays this little girl is... Did you guys see True Detective the first season? Sure. She's like, she was Woody Harrelson's mistress. Oh, yeah, totally. Very attractive young woman. No she, idea. She's 30 years old. She was like 28 when this movie came out. This movie takes place in modern times. She should be 40 years old, and she's fucking yeah. not. Yeah. And that means Leatherface would be in his fucking 70s, and he's not. <laughs> yeah. So it was just. You like, did all that math when you were watching Texas Chainsaw dude, trust, 3D? Tr- trust me, it's, in, it's impossible to miss because they make so many references to. August 19th, 1974, <laughs> 8-19, it's a date, remember it, the date, we get it, like, it, right. it, it's, but it's, it's, it, there's, there's, this, there's one line where a girl shoots a gun at, a girl from California shoots a gun at Leatherface and says, welcome to Texas, motherfucker, with about the same amount of inflection that I just said, right. he's from Texas, he's lived in Texas his whole life, she's from California, it's awful, yeah, the movie was a waste of my fucking time, the only cool part was beginning with Bill Mosley, you know, being Bill Mosley, um, but that was whack. What else was whack? <laughs> that was terrible. It was a waste of my time. Bill Mosley, friend of the show. Yeah, Bill Mosley. Future guest. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would, that would be amazing. Um, I also uh, watched... We call him William Mosley. William Mosley. Yeah. <laughs> Father Will. I call him Willie, actually. So, William. We all, I also watched that movie, um, The Mind's Eye. Oh, yeah. Um, not a joke. Actual friend of the show, uh, Josh Ether. Uh, hopefully, future guest. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, we have to Skype it. What up, Josh? Yeah, he, 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 yeah, he's he's a fellow corpsman, is he not? Uh, yeah, he's a little bit more on the on the beard metal side of things. He's got yeah. a large mastodon tattoo. Oh, yeah. so okay. but he's a good dude and and has impeccable taste in the black metal. Right. Yeah. So I won't wouldn't say this movie was whack entirely. It may have just been because it was like so hyped. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, it was cool. There were some cool parts, but I think it was just like. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. It just the execution wasn't the best. You, how did you feel about Almost Human? I didn't like Almost Human. 
See, that's one. Uh, I these are both uh, Joe Bagos movies. Again, I've met the guy. Seems like a nice dude. Um, I don't love either one of these movies, and I feel bad because I like these people. Yeah, but like all um, that are involved in it, and but, like, uh, but they're not neither one. Again, I wouldn't t- say that they're bad either. But I think because people know them and they're like super great folks, th- sometimes those movies get overhyped. So I would not if someone was like, uh, you know, because it was sold. The Mind's Eye was kind of sold like exactly like scanners like it was like, a very heavily scanners influenced but it's not as good as scanners i mean i guess they're not trying to say it's as good as scanners, no it's but. not as i mean there there was one scene that was an obvious homage to scanners homage that was um is that french i believe it is french <laughs> it was yeah. a homage a homage so it was a cheese fromage <laughs> it was it, it was it was done it was something that scanners probably wanted to do but couldn't because of like special effects limit, special effects limitations but they do something where I was watching it, and I was like, all right, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, as for, uh, I guess as for On Track, um, I watched a movie called The Gateway. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, it was, I'd never heard of it. The plot was basically this woman notices in her apartment that her shower curtains keep going missing, like in the middle of the night. Whoa. So she sets up a GoPro. And then the next day, she walks in and they're missing, and she looks in the GoPro footage, and it shows the shower being sucked into the wall. Hilarity does not ensue. Not Mm-mm. like so. That no. was terrifying. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh. What else was on, on track? The Mahoning Drive-In Bigfoot Festival. Did you enjoy it? I did. There was a Bigfoot walking around. It was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, the only thing I didn't like is how the 1970s, they love their Bigfoot movies, but they also love their racism towards Native Americans. Oh, mm, totally. Yeah. So like, in the one movie, The Shriek of the Yeti, uh, it was very much like, you know, on the House of Haunted Hill with Vincent Price, when the woman comes out in the skateboard and the, the woman's like, the other guy's like terrified and Vincent Price is like, don't mind her. That's just my wife. In this one, this guy jumps out at a woman. He's like, ooh. And the house owner's like, oh, don't mind him. That's just my Indian laughing crow actual line from the movie and then the whole like there's how many bigfoot movies did you see i saw two okay and then the second bigfoot movie was like a mock documentary called sasquatch the legend of bigfoot and their racism towards the native americans was more on like the benevolent side like it was like a fake documentary and they would find these like footprints and they'd be like uh bring over chief running bear and he'd be like my people have ancient legends about (laughs) a spirit the great spirits and like Ah. it, it was so just like i get it you're fetish fetishizing indigenous people and making them exotic and mysterious it was just a little much but uh the one cool thing about that that movie talked about the bowman story Uh which i said i would talk about what's the bowman story justin teddy roosevelt in his memoirs right he wrote about the story he heard when he was a young a younger gentleman out out in the wilds where this trapper named bowman um he and another a fellow trapper were out trapping and (laughs) one night they encountered a gentleman of the woods sasquatch and they were like, we should not go to sleep tonight. If we go to sleep, we're not waking up. That thing will fucking kill us. We're going to s- stay awake and watch for it. So they did. And then the next day, the, uh, this Bowman guy was like, I'm going to go get our traps because we are getting the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. He went to get his traps. He came back and this other guy was like dead, like head turned or like broken footprints everywhere. And it was just, he, re- he was like, I'm done. I'll never go in those woods ever again. And it was just like, I remember I was watching this. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Because I thought only like weirdos like me <laughs> know about the Bowman story. Know about story. the Bowman story, yeah. Um, how, how deep into the, the Bigfoot wormhole are you, Justin? Uh, are you I, like big fan or something? Or is that like- well, it's, it's, it's a very, I, I make no secret of my love of cryptozoological wonders. Right. Such as the Bigfoot, the Yeti, the Mothman, Mothman, uh-huh. Dover Demons, Loch Ness right. Monsters, all of them. Never um, heard of them. 
Yeah, you should look into that. You should look into that. Um, no, so, so you're down with the Yeti. I'm very down with the Yeti. There was a song that played at the at the Mohunning Drive, and I'll send you the video later. Uh, it was a song about how if you don't believe, actual line from the song, if you don't believe in the in the Yeti, then you are an idiot. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So they. I'm leave, glad they've broken it down in right. such a yeah. In such a so clear way. blunt. So blunt. Um, and the last of my own tracks was. Come on, you're forgetting the thing that I opened the thing with. Yeah, the the Dennis. Yeah, you never talked about it. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. That's, that's the last of my own tracks. Oh, weird. Liam's rushing you. Yeah. Strange, strange. Oh, my God. So Shut the Man. fuck up. So Liam and, I, <laughs> Liam, and I made, Liam and I made the journey to the big city. It's the Big Apple. Right. The city that never sleeps. You mean the other city. The uh, other city. Easton. Yeah, Easton. Go on. We drove across the bridge to Phillipsburg. Sunny Easton. Yeah. We went, to Bi- we went to New York City, to Brooklyn, to see the Miskatonic Institute. We saw Dennis Paoli. The man wrote basically every good Lovecraftian adaption to the film he wrote he wrote dagon he wrote reanimator he wrote fucking from beyond he wrote um castle freak the man wrote goonies too i mean come on um he's made a lot of ghoulies ghoulies too not goonies Go- too. Ghoulies too. <laughs> there was no goonies goonies too. goonies too right i totally i totally went along with it so i yeah. wouldn't appear to be an idiot yeah. in front of our guests like oh yeah goonies too great movie i loved it <laughs> Goonies 2, Wonderful Slaughter Revenge. Ghoulies 2, which it's so funny because you're right. The Ghoulies 2 movie is so much better than the first. The, the first, first and third one. It's, the, it's, the first Ghoulies movie is actually just a and d movie that happens to have little puppets <laughs> in it. Little puppets and Jack Nance. Oh, true. Yeah. But I mean, Nance it's just a story cool. of two wizards fighting. Yeah. That there just happens to be little things that, for the most part, just watch. They're yeah. just like, look, they're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a puppet. And you're like, I'm, what? I'm, I'm in your soup. Now I'm in your mash. You know what I mean? They're very, po- they're, they're, they're largely polite. The Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2 are fucking monsters. <laughs> they're wrecking a carnival. I've actually never seen the Ghoulies, any of the Ghoulies Yo, franchise. Yo, Ghoulies 2 is so good. Royal Dano watches helplessly as his fucking carnival is torn apart by things from beyond. I really watched the first Ghoulies being like, oh yeah, Ghoulies, this is great, right? Yeah, I remember Ghoulies, good time. And you were thinking <laughs> and put it on and I was like, Fuck this movie. Why am I <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, like, the only reason I thought about it is because your long knife t shirt. Yeah, that long knife t shirt is all. Yeah, check, that out, band check rules, out that band yeah. long knife. Um, it, it's also not as good as Critters. Like, of the clear Gremlins ripoffs, Critters is the most successful. Critters, like, is critters my, kill. I'll say that Ghoulies isn't as good as Critters, but it's better than Munchie. Oh, Whoa. sure. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Munchie. But more importantly about Dennis Paoli, he's directed. And written some great Barbara Cranston. So movies. that was, and that was a great. Isn't evening. that your girlfriend? Like, talk a little bit about how he put that together, like he, the structure of it. So basically, what it was is he opened up. We we got there, and he was talking about the def, the, the differences between horror and terror, which is something that um, people who listen to horror business I've talked about before, because it's actually kind of a cool. When it comes to horror movies, I, I think it definitely um, there there is like a clear difference. Like in the episode we, we did about the witch. Yep. I wouldn't call The Witch a horror movie per se because it Definitely doesn't rely on heart. Yeah, it relies on terror. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can use the horror genre title to describe movies that are actually more about dread or about terror than they are about horror, which horror being about more of a revelation. Yeah, horror is the, more of a reactionary term, really. But, yeah, but I think the term describes all those things now in mm. at this moment. But the experience, a lot of people say like, oh, you know, whatever horror, and you're like, well, it's never. Re- if a thing is never revealed, it's if you terror. never see it, that's terror. That's the anticipation. Yeah, mm. it's as Stephen King once said: "Terror is being in a room with a corpse. Horror is bumping into it." 
Um, wow. Specifically with your cock, which is a yeah. weird detail. <laughs> which is not a, yeah, yeah. So, so while TSOL's code blue plays he, in the background. He basically talked about, um, <laughs> he talked about uh, um, Lovecraft's horrible inability to really craft any sort of good dialogue. Mm-hmm. He actually quoted Stephen King because Stephen King ripped, and he wrote in on writing the, his memoirs, because um, I think Stephen King is like amazing when it comes to writing dialogue, whereas Lovecraft was not. And it was because... King's theory is that it was because Lovecraft was a shut-in. He didn't actually talk to people. He wrote a lot of letters, right? But he didn't actually interact with people, which Stephen King does. Um, he talked about he's the well-adjusted one. In yeah, theory, yeah. in theory, yeah. <laughs> he talked about what this was really cool. He, he talked about what Stuart Gordon brought to the screenplays. Yeah, totally. Um, he 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 wrote like several specific. He talked about several specific instances that he was just like, I wrote this scene like this, and he explained it. He was like, they come out of the doorway to get Herbert West's files and they run away and he's like and this is what Stuart shot and then he would actually shot it like he would actually show the clip and it was just incredible um and he talked I mean it was just like he he broke down like gothic horror the definitions um you know how Poe preceded Lovecraft and how Lovecraft expanded on that he talked about Barbara Crampton showed some clips of Barbara Crampton there's a Barbara Crampton (laughs) Um, there was more to the talk than Barbara. Crampton, there was more to the talk than Barbara. Crampton. But I'm glad you're acknowledging. He talked it about. I missed it because I was. I went to use the bathroom because I live in a physical body and it sucks every day. Um, he talked about Lovecraft's racism. Oh, which very I, interesting topic to touch upon. I think it's a necessary topic to touch upon. Um, what else did he talk about? Regardless, it was yeah. really good. Yeah, and then, and and then he's really charming and informative and really gracious with the like he was excited to be there and excited that we were there and that's awesome. Really willing to share and really humble too. Like it was about his adaptation, but he was really clear that like once the filming starts, he's not like on set being like, no, 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 do it this way yeah. or whatever. It's like these are Stuart Gordon's creations, but I'll tell you about my process and being a part of that. I love how there's the one scene in Reanimator uh. when. When um, yeah, Jeffrey Combs like stabs that guy to the chest. Sure, and he's like, I wrote that scene as he grabs a bone saw and shoves it to his chest, and then the guy ah, and he's like, but in the movie, there's like a gallon of blood that flows out. He's like, that was a very moist scene. (laughs) I also liked he very much talked about how him and Stewart had other interests that they were doing horror or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they talked about working with Brian, uh, Brian, Brian Yuzna, yeah, Yuzna, and he was like. Brian Yuzna is just a horror guy. Like that's his. That's what he does. He cares about horror. He that's what he's about. Whereas him and Stewart, not that they had pretensions, but there was a bit of a feeling of like, well, we're in horror, but we care about you know. Yeah, we care about robot jocks and the robot jocks. Great movie. Uh, Great movie. I love robot. Liam added that to my Fandor playlist, and then I watched it, and it's so good. But anyway, not important. Running on street. Justin's over here, like. I'm judging no one. I have no room to judge anyone. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I if, if anything else is if uh well let's just move on because you're boring. No, real quick. I just want to say it. I just want to fucking say it. Do because it. Because this is a horror podcast. Do it. Fucking season seven premiere of The Walking Dead was some vicious, horrifying, heartbreaking shit, and that's all I'll say. Yeah, let's just leave it there because I now now I I am not surprised at what happened. But I haven't watched it, Dude. and I've seen it. Ru- it has been spoiled. If I was the sort of person that was sensitive about this sort of thing, I would be so mad because it was spoiled twenty times over, like almost immediately. Yeah, and I'm just like, does nobody know? Like, if you didn't know what was going to happen, and then you immediately respond to it by saying what happened, 
on the internet, yeah. it's kind of weird, especially for something that's so immediate. Like right. when when someone's like, "Oh, I can't believe you tweet you tweeted the ending of like I don't know," as we've said earlier, the Goonies. It's like <laughs> Goonies too. You didn't see Goonies, Goonies yet? too. Like that's that's your own <laughs> fucking thing. But like as something is live on TV, no one's been able to say it before. You're telling everybody like that's kind of to me. It's a little bit rude. Right now, to be fair, I don't care that much. Like on a personal level. I'm not like bummed that often when things are spoiled, but it's a little to me. It's just bad uh, etiquette. Etiquette, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I hate quit. I hate quit watching The Walking Dead. Like I, in a furious it two it, seasons ago, I was like, you know what, I'm fucking done. It be what it do, what it do, what it be. All I'm saying is, I quit it the way I quit smoking because it was just like, you know what, I just don't want to have a thing that I have to do all the time that bums me out. Don't ever compare The Walking Dead to smoking. I just did, though. <laughs> you really set off Laura's Edgeman. <sighs> so I any, did. So all I'll say is that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is amazing as an Egan, and he's so much worse. I mean, he's a great actor, but the character is so much worse and so much more hateable than he is in the comics. So it's like, go eh. for it, dude. No, I mean, it should be terrible. So like a lot of, again, I mean, I think some people have critiques of the show just on pacing and things like that. But when people are like, was that Negan character is like a real asshole. I'm like, yeah. Dude, the best is how people are like, he was chewing his lines like some comic book supervillain. I'm like, isn't that fucking weird? Like, <laughs> go man. on. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, I uh, wonder uh, where they got all these dumb ideas from. Yeah. <laughs> where does, where'd that come from? Josh. Yes. Whacking on track. Whacking on track. So, uh, whack. I watched a movie called Jack Goes Home. Sure. Start. Have you seen this? No, but I've heard of it. It's uh, stars uh, the other Cul- McCulkin, not Macaulay Culkin, Rory Culkin, the brother. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And he plays... Is that the gentleman who's in Scream 4? Yes. This gentleman is... Uh, he plays a dude who um, gets a phone call at work one day. He's got this girlfriend that's pregnant. They're going to have a baby. He's like a graphic design dude. Gets a phone call at work saying, you know, there was a horrible accident. There was a car accident. Your parents were both in the car. It's horrible. Dad's dead. You know. Fuck his dad. So then he goes home to take care of his mom. The movie is billed as a psychological thriller, which almost is code specifically for shitty movie, I think. I mean, there are very few examples of psychological thrillers I've seen that I've thoroughly enjoyed. The game. The game. Um, Jacob's Ladder was billed as a psychological thriller. That's a bad billing. That's yeah, not, I'm not saying it's no, good. I'm just saying like, it's, it was billed as a psychological thriller. The Mothman Prophecies is a fucking psychological thriller. Oh, I saw that in the theater. <sighs> yeah, me too. Ooh, wow. Me three. A piece of hog shit that was. Me three. All right. But um, anyway, so this movie, I don't know. It, it had a good idea, but its execution was very wonky. I felt that it was very like ham-fisted in its delivery of like this, this high concept that, you know, that deals more with grief, and I think that they tried to push it in that direction, but it ended up just being kind of bleh. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sure. That, that was whack. On track, however. I saw, I rewatched The Invitation. I love that movie. Have you the seen The Invitation? I, I haven't seen great. it, no. I think we, Yo, I it think is we plugged so it good. before, but let's plug it again. Yo, it is one of those movies that is so uncomfortable, and you don't know who to root for, and it's one of those like, man, I don't know what's going on, but I really don't like it at all. It's a terror in the sense that you've been in that situation. Interesting. It's a terror in the sense that we've all been to a dinner party that we didn't want to be at, <laughs> and we all felt like, well, then what the fuck am I doing here? How but then do I get it out? amps it up. Dude, when it kicks in, it goes crazy pants, and it's wonderful. It's like it's one of those movies that um, the relatableness of it all is what the terror is. 
Gotcha. I, I need to, I, I'd like to check that out. When it's, did it when did it come out? Came out last year. It's a 2015 movie, but um I, I don't know how I ended up seeing it, but I saw it recently. It no, great. it's on the it's been on the it's Netflix. It's on the Netflix. It's been on the Netflix. Then that's probably how I saw it. Yeah, it's uh it was a uh, I think 2014 it played Fantastic Fest and oh. then it came out how did it do a Fantastic Fest? I imagine. No, well. people loved it. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those movies I've been looking for. This is the problem is like, but some Fantastic Fest movies end up on Netflix like right away. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of movies that you'll hear. Everyone's stoked on. They got boners. Everyone's like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then you won't see it for like, I don't know when. Well, actually, I think the autopsy of Jane Doe has a release date. But like. Um, did you like that movie? I haven't seen it. Oh, you Remember, seen I it? didn't go to Fantastic Fest. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. You and it played the Philly Film Fest. You didn't go, right? Did you ever get your press? No, thing? they never sent it back after my transparency was uh, was given. It's really good this year. But then I was like, I talked to Susan. I was like, do I want to go down for anything? And she's like, you don't. And I'm like, I don't. So I didn't try to do it. When is but. this? It already it's going on now. Oh, yeah, it's like I'll see you guys later. Ten <laughs> days. It's like ten days. Yeah. We went to. We've gone to the. You're an Eastern guy, so you don't. Yeah, know how you don't know works. that Liam you and know I how have things spent are a lot in the big city, but down here in the city, we have all kinds of film fest and shit and stuff happens. They got these carriages without horses. They take us places to see movies. They got, ele- they got electricity and cable and penicillin. <laughs> hey, we had a good. I don't we know. We had a good time. I don't know about you. I had a good four years. Of yeah. getting that pass. We did, and I saw some great movies during that. That time yes. but the reality is as an overall organization it's not worth my money or no. it hasn't been and I, unlike i think you're a little tougher on it i'm willing to accept at any moment that the organization could be back up to snuff right but for me that doesn't matter because i live in easton well and like i'm thing. not going to drive down three times a month for a free movie that's going to be out the next week right i'm not going to make an effort to come down for the fest if it, if it's not you know like this year was good i don't know if you guys know this year i have slated well actually 2017 is my year of amends this sure. is what saved you know ben affleck from my list of shit talking bill mosley sure. was bill mosley yeah he was he was not on the list same sure. with uh um james professor McAvoy. x yeah james mcavoy wait he's off the list yeah it's a year of absolution oh. year of amends baby god damn it All right. and and the philadelphia film festival philadelphia film society was on that list you know I was ready to do it. I was ready to go watch all the movies, talk all the stuff, and be like, yo, this is great. This is bad, whatever. But no. You know what? If that's how it is, then, then I'm, I'm happy with the it. The man would rather live life. He would rather die on his knees than live life. <laughs> God damn it. You got it wrong. <laughs> I hate you so much. I know exactly what you're doing. I was going to try to like, put more I water, like, and I'm, I had like fucking fingers crossed <laughs> that you were going to nail it, and you couldn't make it. Ha- that was right. good. No, 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 no. Let me try it again. We're done. It's my turn. Wait, I'm not even done. Oh, I thought you were done. No, I have so much more shit that I did that Bro, we're at dope. like 45 minutes. Bro, then you shouldn't start talking when I'm telling you what I did that was dope. <laughs> he can either die on his feet or die on his knees begging, and he ate one for begging. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with uh, any number of lyric versions of that. <laughs> Morocco, so, that's what I was quoting. Yeah. Other dope shit that I did, because oh I'm dope. Um, number one, I went uh, on the Moonlight Bicycle Ride, wherein I we're rode... We're talking about the Moonlight Bicycle Ride? Yeah. It's it's on track. It was on track, yeah. and it was the Hunter Supermoon when I rode. No, that, that's true. Yo, that was a good-ass time. It was really weird. The only person I knew was Greg Christie. What up, Greg? Friend of the show. <laughs> and we rode around with a hundred people on bicycles for like twelve miles. It was crazy pants. It was really, really fun. Is there another one coming up? Uh, yeah. Apparently, they do this every month. They just did yeah. one through the Laura Hill Cemetery, but I didn't go because I was busy. So, um, so that happened. Also, new friend to the show, Mr. Ryan Chitty, 
offered Cinepunks four passes to the Eastern State Penitentiary Terror Behind the Waltz, which I took advantage of. And um, I brought my wife, Melani, and our friends, uh, Steve Roach, who plays drums in the Cross Keys, and as well as all the other bands that you love, and uh, Mike DC from Damnation and uh, Black Dead Empty. So we went, and uh, I've come to realize that my natural response to being frightened is to do the 1990s dance, The Running Man, which um, <laughs> apparently is a thing that I do often. Didn't realize that it was such an involuntary thing or that I could do it, number two. Interesting. You know? But um, for most of the time, Steve was behind me. <laughs> and uh, me and Steve did not opt to the uh, have the uh, able-to-be-touched necklaces. So Melani and Mike, wait, you have to opt in for that. Yeah, if, yeah. If yeah, you yeah, opt yeah. in, they give you a glow in the dark necklace, and that means the actors can touch oh, you. That's okay, because that was why you wore your glow stick to the horror business case. Yes, to, yes. So the monsters would leave you alone. No, so yeah, the, sure. the, yeah, but dude, they took full advantage of that touching people. They put Melani in an elevator. Fuck that. Yeah, dude. No, hell no. And yeah, I'm not into the touching thing. That's no, weird. no, no, no. So um, it was terrifying. I had a really fun time. Thanks to Ryan for hooking us up. And um, it was really, really good. And uh, let me think. There was uh, one other thing. Oh, I started watching this TV show on Shudder called Behind the Walls. Okay. Yeah, Beyond so that's walls. new. That's their first original. That's like their John. It is dope. I hear it's real good. I haven't Yo, to check it out yet. I only watched the first episode. It is frightening. Interesting. It reminds me of that book, House of Leaves. Do you remember that book, House of Leaves? I've heard totally. it. I've, I'm familiar. I've never read it, but I've heard it's like surreal and it's fucking. Really weird. It's yeah. a house that expands on the inside, and people get lost in it. And essentially, that's what's happening in this TV show. It's fucking scary. <laughs> it's frightening. So the setup is this: this this lady is a speech therapist at a children's hospital. Uh, she lives by herself in this apartment, you know, and she lives in the city in France, right? Yeah. This dude, she goes to work one day, and this dude is getting taken out of the house across the street from her. And she asks this, the paramedic guy, like, "Yo, what's going on?" And they're like, "This guy's been dead in this house for thirty years. Just fucking dead in the house." So she goes to work, and then she gets a phone call from a lawyer who's like, "Yo, there was a will." That guy has you named in the will. And she's like, who? And she doesn't know. So she goes to meet the lawyer. And the lawyer is like, here's your name. You've just inherited the house across the street from you. And it's like this huge house, like a big house, which I assume is like, you know, big deal because it's like a French city, right? So a big house in a French city is probably really expensive. Yeah. So she gets the house, right? And she's like, I don't know this person. I've never met him in my life. You know, I have no idea. And then they're like, yeah, he dropped off this will 30 years ago, and that's the last time anyone saw him. And it had this date, said, open the door on this date, and that's when they found him dead that's in the house. That's fucking crazy. Fucking creepy, right? So then she moves in, and then all this all this other crazy shit starts happening. Yo, that show is intense. And I've it's, only, a, it's a Shutter exclusive? I believe so. Shutter exclusive. Yeah, yo. It's their first. So, they've, so the thing is, is for uh, any streaming service, shows are better than movies. Movies are great. For whatever reason, shows gets people on more. Yeah, they're cheaper to get, but they get more viewers. So, Shutter's been getting shows. They mm-hmm. they have the full run of Kingdom. Yeah, they have the full run of Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, they have some other show, but they've never had an original before. And until this is this, the original. This is the first one. Yo, it uh, is so in fact, legit. Actually, scary. Sam brought it up. Remember when we were hanging out after oh, the thing? Yes, Sam yes, brought yes. it up. Sam and, Deegan? Uh, no, Sam Zimmerman, who oh. was the curator for Shutter. He was at the Miskatonic thing we went to. And when we were like, yo, how's Shutter stuff going? He's like, the Beyond the Walls thing. Dude, is, it's you know, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so, but so But it was good. just a lot of work to get it up, get it out there, promote it, do yeah. interviews about it. I mean, because for a stream, any streaming service to make the move from... Um, Feature length to television. Not length. even just that, but from uh, hosted to original content. Yeah. 
I mean, they didn't make it, but they're distributing it. No one's seeing it till they distribute it. You know? It's so good, dude. It's so so good. I think I think Shutter's also going to start doing movies too, right? They got that. Yeah, uh, I believe they are. That's the, what I'd read. I yeah, don't know. They got the Ring versus Grudge movie. I will say that the movies that they've been having are so much better than they were when they started. Oh, I liked it when they started, but they definitely have improved. They've stepped up the game. I liked it when it started too. It's still it's still the best buy on the internet for me. I think it's really for if you like horror. If you like horror, it's there's the best nothing five better bucks than Shutter. Spend. Yeah. It's like worth it. It's beyond worth it, and yeah. it's certainly it's to the point where um, other services I su- subscribe to, I'm starting to be like, I don't know if I need this. Yeah. No, I agree. Between Shutter and other things, I don't really. I don't need. know if I need the other stuff that I've been yeah. subscribing to. Yeah, yeah, no, but dude, Shutter is definitely that is awesome for horror fans, for people like us that like horror movies year round. It's a good thing, and obscure horror movies too. Like it's got a lot of really interesting, like Derek Todd Esking's on there. You know what I mean? Like no, totally. That kind of shit's on there, and that shit's awesome. So, you know, I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah, um, dude, watch have, that Beyond you, the Walls. Do you have more? Um, I played a show last night with the Up Up Ups and the Decline and Make War with the Cross okay. Keys, and that was really good. So thanks to everyone who came out for that. That was a good time. I was supposed to, uh, I I couldn't come down for that because I had work. But I, at that, somebody was at that show that I wanted to talk to, and I don't remember who it was. Oh, probably someone awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the dude who used to be someone definitely with good taste. Wasn't but there go someone on. playing that show that was in um, Rise Against? Um, nope, that show is happening on November 14th. Oh, okay, cool. Where the Cross Keys are playing at Boot and Saddle with Walter Schreifel's new band, Vanishing Life. Oh, and he's in that, the dude's And in the that. dude from Rise Against is in that band, as that... is the drummer from Bad Religion currently, and Melani's favorite band from back in the day, Snot. Snot! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I want to talk to that guy because the, that episode he just did of uh, Turn Out a Punk is like my favorite podcast episode of all time. Like, right. it's so good. Wow. He apparently, awesome. So if you get a chance to check it out, it's an interview with him. Again, I wish I could remember his name. It's something like right. Ethan or Zach or something. And uh, it's him and MVP, the wrestler. So uh, apparently they like knew each other when they were kids. And there's a bunch of stories about them that are awesome, just crazy stories. But then they got to share one of the most notorious stories, which is when the Misfits were playing in Florida. And Macho, I think it was Florida, Macho Man Randy Savage showed up to beat up Doyle. Whoa. So you guys may or may not remember, briefly. The Misfits were, they were like wrestlers. They were like hype people for vampiro yeah and, and then they like they pulled it like they weren't allowed to use the misfits name even though they didn't want to wrestle anymore or whatever right? well so like, what happened was uh i was working at vintage vinyl when this happened apparently doyle started banging macho man's wife miss elizabeth i don't know if that's actually macho i believe man's it's wife. pronounced elizabeth Regardless, it's this whole story about Macho Man showing up at the venue and no one knows what to do. Right. And MVP sort of diffuses it. He's not MVP at the time. He's just some guy. Right. He's not like a wrestler yet. And he like diffuses the situation. It's like this whole thing. It's a great. I don't want to ruin it for you. Listen to the episode. It's a great episode. And they made a joke that like, wow, your guys' life is so interesting. This could be like a movie. And I straight up tweeted like, yeah, I would make that movie. Like wow. that's amazing. It's so cool because was this the guy that was he played guitar in Rise Against? Uh, I guess so. It's a what's dude, his name again? I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. I don't know that. I don't remember the dude's name. He was in Rise Against. He was also in Guar. Uh, he was also in. He's um, an older dude. Yeah, he's also in. Um, I forget the name of his other band, like a Texas punk band. I don't know. 
Oh, all right. If you know, listeners, tweet at us. Let us know, please. I mean, they probably do know, and I sound like an idiot. Yeah, it's we like, always sound like that. idiots. If we sound like idiots, then we're doing something right. Uh, or at anyways, least something normal. Okay, so are, should I go? Or you? Need- well, you've been going this whole time, man. Why stop now? <laughs> Why you got to be such a book? <laughs> I just wanted to know if it, that was a show. I was worried I had missed it. No, no. Yeah, November 14th, that's happening. November uh, 10th, uh, Solarize is playing at Lava Space. November 5th, the Solarize is playing at the church with uh, Limp Wrist and Crime Watch and Here, Hers and uh, Soul Glow. There's going to be so, there's so many good ass shows coming up, man, that I'm playing because I'm dope. My life is dope. And I you, do dope you, you are dope. <laughs> um, and I, it seems like Solarize is really blowing up, so I'm really stoked for you on that. It's an interesting and un, un, unnatural feeling for me. Because no one gives a shit about the Six, noise I make. Success is a weird sensation it's for Josh. Definitely strange. I have no idea what I'm doing. Dude, you better get on board because Cinepunks has to conquer the world. Or Dude, else. I'm just saying our merch game is on point, son. I mean, it would be more on point if people bought it. Yeah. <laughs> go All on. right, I'm gonna go now. Hey Liam, do you have anything you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I don't have anything. Weird. All right, so moving on. No, uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam's whacking on track section is just gonna be me and Justin talking. <laughs> So, Justin, I can't wait. How's it going, man? Really good. <laughs> yeah, Fucking so you did you so do much. anything awesome or whacker on track this week, Liam? <laughs> you can't count Miskatonic Institute because I was there. I used that already. Man. <laughs> uh, I went to the Miskatonic. <laughs> I, I said that already. So, Liam, what did you do that was whack and or on track this week? Um, cool. I rode a bicycle and somehow I popped my front tire. It's fucking weird, man. There's a super moon. Yeah, it's a super moon for a hunter. Liam, how far speaking are we into this episode? Of the hunter, speaking We're of the so hunter. We're so far into this episode. All right. Talk about your fucking whack. Tra- talk about your whacking on track. Speaking of hunter, that song on Danzig One that's the call so me the hunter. Hey, hey, Did you know that was hey, a cover song? Hey, I didn't. Hey, it is. You can interrupt me. But not for fucking Danzig. Everybody right. can interrupt for for Danzig. No. Literally the best Danzig. reason to interrupt anyone is to sing Danzig songs. Danzig is actual. That's actually a cover actual, song. Actual trash. That's my name. Call me the hunter. Liam is so pissed right now. Dude, because I'm singing the hunter in Danzig voice? I don't know why. Why? <laughs> <sighs> When I get a hold of you, honey, gonna light you up like Christmas. I don't know why you're doing this, because I'm just going to edit it all out. Dude, I hope that you do, that no (laughs) one knows. No one knows how much I love Danzig. No, I'm going to leave it. No, I don't really have much. As far as (laughs) such an asshole. (laughs) No, I do. So, uh, so, um, (laughs) uh, I had a whole list of stuff that is all out of my brain now because Josh is like <laughs> killing me. Um, <laughs> Br- Br- Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. Yeah, how was that? We talked about that on uh, the the sister horror, podcast horror, horror business. business. I will plug it very quickly and just say Brooklyn Horror Film Festival was great. I really do think if you get a chance, you should see uh, uh, the Master Cleanse. Yeah, uh, and Dear Sister, Dear Sister, and uh, uh, We Are the Flesh. What about Beyond the Gates? Oh, and Beyond the Gate. Who's Sorry, in there? I forgot. Oh, Barbara Crampton, you motherfucker. <laughs> Man. Uh, so, on track. So, I got, when you guys I get hike. married, are you going to change your last name to Crampton, or is she going to go Barbara Lore? She can't be Barbara Lore, because that's my grandmother's name, and that's creepy. Fucking weird. <laughs> so not so, cool. So, on track. Um, you know, it's whack that Justin would marry someone, and she'd have the name of his grandma. But go on. 
fucking hate you so much. So on track, have you guys been watching the show Westworld? No, I you know, one of the doctors at my at my so, job has been like really pissed at me that I haven't seen it yet. It's so fucking good. Is it? it? Is, like, did you addictive. like the original? Did you like the Yul Brenner? Yeah, I, mean, I like Westworld. It's a lot of fun, but this is not not fun. It's not related. It's it's so different that mm-hmm. thinking about the original isn't going to help you with the show, right? And it's the sort of show where I get the feeling that many of the questions I have aren't going to resolve till like season three. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like... It's Game of Thrones in you? It's taking its time. It doesn't give a fuck about you. It doesn't care if you have figured it out yet. It's just going to keep being brutal and weird and just, like, go. And the performances are unbelievable. Like, all the acting has been stellar. The special effects are crazy. And it's, like, was disturbing from the drop. Even though it's not horror, per se, it is a sort of creepy sci-fi... It's not dystopian... But it's sort of that middle ground where it's like it is an idyllic future, but it's an idyllic future underneath the surface of which you get something's wrong. Not, not to interrupt, Michael Crichton developed the original concept, right? Right. right so right, it, right. okay, okay. Not to interrupt, I like your pronouncing of idyllic. All you do is interrupt. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I when 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 I'm interacting with people while they're doing their work on a track, I think we're being conversational. Josh is like, I'm just sick of hearing your fucking voice. <laughs> The other thing that's on track, and I'm only bringing this up because I think it'll annoy Josh, is uh, go ahead. All the all the all the records that have come out recently that I've been hyped on. The new Solange record is so fucking good. The new Frank Ocean record is so very good. Uh, the new Danny Brown record is so very good. Josh, do they still make good hip hop these days? I wonder what it's like to work at a liberal arts college. Yo, here's the thing. You can't make any jokes about the hip hop I like because you sent me, no joke, the worst white ass rapper I've ever dude. heard in my life and was like, this dude's kind of cool. This yeah, if you like the worst shit ever. Listen, Lil Dicky's tongue flip is crazy on the freestyle. Lil Dicky is the worst LD dude is ever LD is crazy existed. on the freestyle. I Yo, that dude's off this. the dome is I even, amazing. I don't need to hear Lil Dicky. Is it little or Lil Dicky? It's Lil I don't like, L Dicky. I don't Listen, like Lil Dicky. Hate if you want. That dude's tongue flip is done. unreal. Here's the thing. Done. Here's the Hated. thing. Here's the thing. Lil Dicky actually played at my college, where I worked before. Right. Because he was on tour with the rapper who denies that the world is round. They were on tour together. Wait, who's yeah. that rapper? B.O.B. Yeah. Oh. Motherfucker's like Flat Earth. He literally, like, he literally has a song that's like, fuck Neil deGrasse Tyson, the world is flat. <laughs> I think that's, that's a bigger that's, statement on the state of hip hop today. That's Lil Dicky's homeboy. Oh wow! Well, yeah, you know what? And, I'm and just in turn saying, your homeboy. Hey man, transitive properties, son. Look, it, it, the thing is, is I'm not even trying to be like fuck you for liking Lil Dicky. If you like whack corny white dudes, that's fine. It's just that you, spend, Justin Lore, can hear it's you. Just, it's yeah, just, I'm just <laughs> say you're sitting next to the wackest, corniest. It's, white just, it's just that you. you spend so much time on your uh, uh, backpacker pedestal, being like, "Oh, hip hop died after De La Soul." Which, Look, by the way, you know, it's another new record that's really good. The, the new De, La De La Soul, Soul record, record is dope. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I have stopped listening to hip hop at the in the year 2000. Literally, the year 2000, I was like, "Hey, I'm done." I'm going to do this for a little You're bit. You're just wrong, though. And then I came back, and it, the whole thing changed. You're the game changed. That's so incorrect. Not even a little bit. Rock is closed. All of a sudden, Rhyme Series and Stone's Throw, which was like the little, like, oh, yeah, they're they're affiliated with Epitaph so my, Records. So my whack is Lil Dicky's existence. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Fuck Lil Dicky. Um, no, I mean, the, the, you know, this past, since we last recorded this past weekend, 
uh, I was at a wedding. I didn't do a lot. I will say I had the wonderful experience of showing my wife Night of the Creeps for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, with the extra ending on there. Yeah, that's exactly. fucking Yo! cool. Exactly. exactly. It was, it was shit. Awesome. So between Westworld and Night of the Creeps, most of my positive film experiences have been home. But I feel like I'm also saving up a little bit because this upcoming weekend is Harthon, and I feel like nothing yeah. is going to you know sort of stand up to that. I will say um, tomorrow morning... I'm seeing Tanahisi Coates at our People's at Amalgam, and I got to yes. bring up Amalgam as the my the end of my whacking on track because a on track that I'm going to see Tanahisi Coates in a comic book shop like that's unbelievable to me. Hear him talk about some Black Panther, but I also want to hype Amalgam because they recently had a specialty cover of Iron Man, which yeah, where for those um, of you who don't know, the current Iron Man is not a man; it's a young African American woman. And they did a specialty cover that's only being sold at Amalgam. With that is the owner Ariel. of Amalgam. Yeah, Ariel yeah. having coffee with the woman who is Iron Man right now. That's sick. It's so, so awesome. fucking cool. Now, and yeah. She's the coolest. And that store is the coolest. So yeah, like, they, I'm stoked. They've about. always been so good to us. That, that cover, did they do like different comic shops or just like or just Amalgam? No, she's just the only one. Yeah, yeah apparently remember. our man Randy who works there hooked that up yeah. with the Black Tribbles podcast. Like yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what happened, but that was And what it got the national was. attention. Like ABC News, not a six ABC News. Right. ABC News, the National, did a story on it. That's really cool. about you know black black woman comic shop. I mean, she's only the second African American woman in the country to own a comic book shop, from what I understand. That's unbelievable. What's kind of cool is like that's um it's it's not nearly as like groundbreaking as that, but years and years ago when IDW when they started doing their Godzilla thing, mm-hmm. um, Dreamscape Comics in the Lehigh Valley, which I don't think either of you were ever blessed enough to go to, but that was an amazing comic shop. They uh, IDW did this thing where they were like, if you can get like, there were some kind of sweepstakes where it was like they would pick like 10 or 11 stores around the country and they would do like limited runs of like the store being crushed by Godzilla's foot. Whoa. And like Dreamscape won. And I'm like, that's like, it was like issue number one of Godzilla. And I was like, that's really cool. That's so rad. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Big ups to Amalgam. Yeah, they're still supporters ups. of us. Yeah, even though I was drinking Wawa coffee, but they were closed. Hey so. man, I'm just saying, Amalgam is the joint. We yeah. love that place. We've always uh, we've podcasted from there. You know, yeah, this place is so awesome. So as we said, this is a second parter. We, right. if you were paying attention, then you checked out the first part of this, which is on Har Business. Josh ventured into our lair. <laughs> we allowed we, him, and we discussed the first three Phantasm films. So, so for this episode, this we're episode. going to talk about episode or Phantasm Four and Phantasm Five, which so, is interesting. I Phantasm interesting. Four: Oblivion. I, I apologize in advance if I freak the fuck out. <laughs> so and lose my shit. Why don't we? Phantasm why don't five. we take a quick break? Laura will gather his hateful notes so right. that he will be ready to really unleash. Uh, I'll dust up my Cthulhu tentacles. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Notebooks, which Laura has. Yeah. And we will come <laughs> back at you with Phantasm 4. Oblivion. Oblivion. And 5. Ravager. Say it with me, Laura. Ravager. Ravager. Oh, I'm so sick. Okay. Be right back. But, and then the choir stuff, be right on it. It'll just...
And we're back. Dude, I fucking love Liam O'Donnell. Can I also say that? Can I just say that right now? I love him too. That, like, if I had to open up my veins and bleed to death so that Liam O'Donnell may live another day, I would do that shit. But you don't have to do that. You just have to not be a punk. Yeah, but I would because it's Cinepunks. <laughs> What's up, poser? <laughs> Cine Norm? Ah! Cine Civilian? Whoa! Cine Non Combatant? <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Right, right, right. Go on. I thought the part that was in question about Cinepunks was the Cinna, not the punks. No, no, no. You said I can't be a punk. I didn't mean Exactly that. what the establishment would want you to say. So, anyway, so we're talking about Phantasm anyway, 4. Phantasm, Phantasm 4. I have so 19- many questions. All right, I will answer them. How is this your favorite one? Or your second favorite? It okay. goes one, four, three. Wait, one, four, four, three, two, three, two, five. Yes, I don't. It's for best. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, we have to talk about it. It's part we do, of our- and I can't wait because I'm gonna go fucking bananas talking about this movie. Right. I was so I had a meltdown on fucking Twitter about this movie, like an yeah. actual angry thumb. I don't remember tweeting this shit. Fucking freak out. You about just it. blacked out, yeah. and your Twitter feed was all blown up with shit that you wrote. Yeah. So Damn. what I like about what I like about Phantasm Four is. I'm not entirely convinced, and fucking Phantasm Five ruined this for me. I'm not entirely convinced that Phantasm Four takes place on the same Earth, like the same like I could easily see Phantasm Four taking place on a planet where like the Tall Man has just wrecked everything. Because Mike is like, I've been driving for three days to the south, to the southeast now to journey to the wastelands to confront the Tall Man. And like, there's no place in this fucking country you can drive south for three days and not come across. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah, not. It's like, a, is he talking about Mexico at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, but I, I kind of dig that because I'm like, no. I mean, if they're talking about like this, this country that's just been ravaged by the tall man, which they kind of allude to in Phantasm Two, because like we keep finding these towns that are just dried up from him. So if the tall man has just like, and the movie's called Phantasm Oblivion. Oblivion. Yeah. If they've, if they've, if they've just, they now exist in an Earth. Where the the tall man has just fucked everything for everyone, I'm kind of on board with that. Okay. Um. And then plus, I I know I talked about on Harbors. I love that ending. I fucking love the. It's just the wind. It's so perfect. It like makes my heart like just tighten up. Like, dude, ugh. I think that the craziest thing about this is just how much footage was filmed for Phantasm One. It's insane. Yeah. That they end up using for Phantasm Four. Yeah, and I know we 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 talked about this on the biz, but it's like. And it wasn't just like they, they 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 shot so much that could have been that they could have kept in, and they just decided not to. Yeah, that's so insane. Yeah, to me. it's it's just nuts. It just makes you wonder how much of that movie exists. Like, how much more could they possibly have? Oh my god, yeah, yeah. And uh, this movie just just weirdly cobbled together exquisite corpse of a film. That's what it felt like watching it. Now. I have no credence to the Phantasm franchise. I don't have the love that like Eric Bresler has, or that sure, like sure, sure. you know friends of friends of the show that like adore the whole thing front to back. And I, I mean, I love the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's kind of where my obsession with it begins I'll, and ends. I'll, I'll also say what I like about the fourth one is that regardless of it being cobbled together, which I'll meet you halfway and say it does feel like it's cobbled together, I feel that unlike Phantasm Two to Phantasm One. Or even Phantasm 3 to Phantasm 2, I feel that Phantasm 4 
finishes the story that begins in Phantasm 3. Right. And that's Mike's transition to whatever the fuck the tall man wants him to become. Dude, what happened to the little kid from Phantasm 3? He, didn't he die? Didn't he like fall out of the car? He gets pulled out. He gets pulled out of the car at the end of Phantasm 3. But it's not clear what that means. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah it, they do the whole thing that they've done for the other movies where all of a sudden... He gets grabbed. I, I just don't think they could get the kid back. So then it's just, <laughs> the he's, he's, he's dead. He's, he's, dead. he's out of here. They're just yeah. like, all right, well, that's the easy way to get rid of that character. Just pull him out of a window and be done with it. Yeah. So uh. I, I, I do like your idea, though, that Phantasm 4 takes place in another dimension. Well, it's the, planet? it's the least connected to a clear reality. Like what, what you could kind of say is starting with the first Phantasm and then moving through them, we're being less and less connected to a definite reality. Yeah. And so Phantasm Four sort of sets that up as like, where are we exactly? What exactly is happening? It's the most um, also almost like metaphorical, you know, yeah. like it's it's going back and forth to dream state, which is what... Part of what makes Phantasm Five so frustrating, but just to still focus on Phantasm Four, <laughs> I I think it works because the use, unlike the other, so as we've said, we said on Harvest's, but let's restate it here. All of these movies start with these fucking flashbacks. These fucking yeah, there's so recaps, crazy pants. Just in yeah. case we forgot, it's, it's literally like when <laughs> the, the voiceovers and all that shit. It's you know, fucking it, terrible. It reminded me of you ever read a comic book. And sometimes comic books would do the whole plot recap, yeah. But instead of doing it in like an editor's note, it would it's do it. Characters, the characters, like like fucking Cyclops. This all started for me back in the. You're like, yo, man, I know, I have the last <laughs> issue. Or like Cyclops would be like, didn't Magneto come and get us when when he leached the adamantium out of Wolverine's bones? Yeah, that's what happened. And didn't didn't Wolverine get that from Weapon X? Yeah. Well, didn't Weapon X yet? And it's just like, like you're just a shitty recap. Like, <laughs> so the, the so the movies do this, but. As we've sort of alluded to, but let's state explicitly, four has those huge sections from yes, one. Yes. But the way they're used, it doesn't feel like a corny ass. Be- and I guess it's because they're using scenes that weren't in the first one. Yeah. It's not like, okay, you may have forgotten this happened. So let me show it to you to remind. Because the other movies do that, which is so frustrating because you're like, if you're watching Phantasm 3, there is a 99.7% chance you've seen the other two Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No one's watching it like, I don't know. I, I don't know what this <laughs> like, is, but just well, put it you on. Know, my date wants to see this one, so I guess here we go. Guess we're gonna go see it. Yeah. Like <laughs> almost no one saw these movies in the theater anyway. So yeah. I don't think <laughs> three and four and Jesus Christ, I hope five didn't get a theatrical release. Theatrical release. I no. mean, five got a theatrical release in in horror festivals, which is a fucking tragedy. Well, yeah, nobody really. But, okay, so still focusing on four. Um, do you think that was? It, Wait, did I, you like four, Liam? Did you enjoy it? So that's what I was going to say. I think I appreciated. Okay, so parts of it. Are, let's just name that. Parts of it are rough. Yeah, Real it's rough. clear they have less budget. Yeah, right. That they just are like, let's just film over a couple days in the desert. And Can we'll we also say out. that Mike looks weird? This is he's fucking As he dying. Gets older. Mike looks weird in every in, one of I, these dude, fucking. In movies. the yes. first movie, he looks like a normal dude. Second movie, we go into weird, not Mike. Then third movie, we come back with original Mike, and it's like, yo, he got like sent through a nerdifier between like that movie and the first movie. I think you're, and now he's like way I, nerdier. I think your evaluation of young Mike is unfair. Is it? I he, he didn't strike me the as the first weird. time I saw Phantasm and he shows up on the screen. I said, "Who is this androgynous <laughs> yes. creature?" It's, he literally could have could have been. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's uh, that was the time, man. That's how they looked back then, though. I'm just saying he. Uh, Let's also talk about that. Reggie's a weirdo in all these movies. 
We, yeah, we'll get to that. But I think in Phantasm <laughs> 3... Justin Lord just flicked a tentacle in my way. I think, in, really I think in Phantasm 3, it's also of the time. Like, his hair is like what some weirdos were doing in the 90s. Like, that and was the a denim very... denim jacket over the uh, oh, flannel, yeah, that, over the t-shirt, that, the multi-layered... That whole yeah. thing was his thing. And then when 4, he's doing the all-black... Sort of late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Like, shoot up a school. That kind of. I don't know why. Love about Marilyn yeah. Manson. Shoot no, that's school. what I thought when I saw it. I was like, no. this dude looks unhinged. No, you're crazy. He well, looks uncomfortable. In his defense, he is unhinged. The tall man tried to pull the fucking ball out of his head. True. Yeah, I mean that's kind of fitting, actually. Sure. <laughs> he looks I mean, like a nutcase because he is a nutcase. But yeah. I will, I will say, like his. He uh, let's just name that the guy who plays Mike is not the best actor. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. But his performances in three and four, I don't think are terrible, and they no. work for the movie. Okay. And I think for four, the I one hundred percent believe four is the movie it is because of budget. Yes. Because three, it's not that three is a big budget, but they get mm. adventurous with what they have. They have some action sequences. There's new characters. I, I, four, nunchucks. Four is literally like, these are the only people <laughs> that would agree to show up. So yeah. we're just going to yeah, do this. So here we go. Let's desert. do this. I think the one scene that speaks in, in four that speaks of the budgetary constraints is the scene where um, Mike is like looking out over the desert and there's the desert. I mean, it's not like as far as the eye can see. They could have just like cut and pasted it. Sure, sure. It's the the portal the poles like the fucking poles that reggie yeah there's just like like a field of them and it's not a very big field no it's, it's maybe 10 rows of four each right. and he's like like aghast and i'm like it's not that much man <laughs> it's, it's not, not like that you, impressive it's not like the fucking bonneville salt flats are filled with these things which would be horrifying <laughs> it's like when you uh when you watch a low budget movie that involves a war and the, the the like attacking army shows up, and you're like, that's uh, that's twenty guys. Yeah, it's twenty guys. They you had them run down a hill, and they're using you that had guy to go twice. back up the hill yeah. and run back down the hill. Yeah, and that's supposed to be the like that's it, parts of that movie have that sort of um, they're reaching for something and they don't get there. Yeah, because yeah, they don't because have the money. But yeah, that being said, if I if I take it at that level, it still works okay. Yeah, and I really do think the use of the footage from the first movie that they hadn't used before is actually pretty good. Yeah, it it's actually flows. pretty effective that they didn't use in the first, and you're yeah. seeing it for the first time. Yeah. I, I think I think the best one aside from the ending, the best scene is when like I f it's either Jody or Mike are talking. They're like, "It was that last good day before he came into town," and it's like Mike and Jody are like driving on the highway, and the fucking tall man rolls in, and he runs over a dog, which is weird. But it's just like the sentiment of that there was this like. This they had this change. great life, and then there was this definitive moment where the yep. fucking axe fell, yep. and their lives went to shit. And it's like that that phrase, the last good day, is like, again, calling back, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the first movie, it's it's very melancholy. It's like yearning yeah. for something that was like... So I think that I think that works pretty well. I think in this movie, we get a little bit more of the tall man yeah. backstory, and I think not enough that explains... You, you notice how they give you details about the tall man without ever actually Doesn't explaining Doesn't explain it. anything, and I'm okay with that. And I think that works pretty well. I will say, and Josh, you alluded to this, but I want to name it right now. If I start talking about, okay, well, what isn't working at all? Like, not just it doesn't quite get there, but it doesn't work at all. I got to say creepy reggie should have so died in the gross. third movie yeah not dude. died the character but that aspect of his character should but the fact gone. that they got to the fourth movie and they're like no there's another attractive woman <laughs> that reggie that reggie tries to, to bang why is this a theme and it's so it comes creepy. up again in the fifth movie too yeah, which by then it's dude. like who even fucking cares it's, dude so that, that part where he she's just like laying there in her underwear like mm, and he's like 
like tugging at his collar basically like hey so and then like the only thing that stops him from fucking her it's not because she's asleep it's because she has fucking or like the spheres for boobies yeah he's on he's like yep she's asleep she's unconscious I'm going to go for this and see what I'm going to take a swing and see what happened. Takes her shirt off. Hi, Reggie. And the boobies, the spheres. And then he's like, oh, now I can't fuck her. Like, that's what stops him from fucking her. Like, not there's no consent, but because she's a fucking demon. It's brutal. It's he's sickening. He's so disgusting. brutal, dude. It's, so brutal. It's, it's, dude, there are scenes in this movie where Reggie has no ponytail that his hair is just hanging down when he's talking to her in that room. Yeah. It's just like, bro. You I ben, get it. You're, you're not Ben to, Franklin. You're trying to let the flag fly, and more power to you. You know what I mean? But it just—it seems wrong. like they seem to think that this is like a endearing, humorous aspect to the character. And it's way the it fuck not. Fucking yeah, is it, it again? Is pretty gnarly. I could roll with it in Phantasm Two because even though I suspect that girl's a demon, she wants to be with him. That's part of the plot. It's yeah, creepy a little bit, but it like works. Starting with three, you're like, oh, God, no. Then the fact that they bring it back for two more movies, it's just, it starts to feel like, yo, is there something we should know about the guy who plays Reggie? Yeah. Should, there's something yeah. we should know yeah. about Reggie? Cause like, Reggie Bannister? I feel like he's the one being like, and then there's another hot chick. That Reggie, he totally wants think, to do it. Hey, no, Don, no, no. Don, let me tell you how the Reggie, no. <laughs> Pull your pants back. Nah, with this one, I'm going to sing a song on my guitar. Yeah. This is part of the tradition. It's a real rock and roll movie. And in a rock and roll movie, hot chicks want to bang me. Dude. Well, but they don't want to bang so you. That's brutal. the thing. The scene, is this, is for the one where they're all sitting in the car and um, the brother and Reggie are playing guitar while Mike's just kind of headbanging? Okay, the only thing that sucks about that scene is that in a movie where you've so effectively, that's what was going to be my next point about something that doesn't right. work. You're using all this effective old footage, and then you think we're not going to notice <laughs> when you use footage of old dudes now. Yes, like it's from the past. That's so the fucking brutal. scene where he's like, "I imagine every day what it could have been like," and it's that it's it's like it's like fucking Jody's got his his one foot up on the fucking yeah. guitar, oh, and, and he's, he's playing a rock, Stratocaster. And, and Reggie's Come on. hair is on. It, that's when Reggie's hair is down, Ugh. and they're like, "It could have been really good." It's like that is not really good. Yeah, no, that is no. fucking wrong. It doesn't work. Oh, it's such sweet a baby Jesus. And and again, it, it 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 would just be funny if it wasn't then also surrounded by all this effective old footage. Yeah. So it's right. like I think it's supposed to be in current time, but my thought when it came up was, oh, that's not from the past. What the <laughs> fuck is that? that is yeah. We should be seeing at all. That, that is yeah. not okay. Yeah. Did the tall man do that? That looks like his work. Yeah, that looks that, like some sort of horrible <laughs> tall man. That scene where where they hang the tall man, and then like Mike's like uh, Mike's yeah. like oh, Mike's so like brutal. laying awake in bed. And he's like hearing, he's like, boy, you can't escape me. And he's like, yeah. I don't know why they shot that in the original, but like that fucking like, oh man. So it, there's a yeah. Well, I think it works. I think part of what is a theme in the original that they want to play out in the other movies, but it doesn't work as well in the other movies, is the fate. There's this sense of fate with the tall yes, man. Yes, yes. The tall man is not just a creepazoid, but that there's he represents an inevitable reality right. and it's something they try to capitalize on in the fifth movie and fail horribly oh, and we shit. will get back to that but i think the i think you're right though that the fourth movie i think uh, uh, so my critique i mean besides that scene which is the worst thing ever um, oh. my critique of the structure of the fourth movie is that if the scenes between the flashbacks were stronger they'd had a little bit more budget put a little bit more into it and they had a little more meat to them like more stuff actually happened yeah. i think the fourth one might actually be my favorite after the first one really i think it would but the problem is you have all these strong 
cut scenes from the first one that work as these memories that you have that ending that's amazing but the stuff that happens in current time ranges from cool to Reggie shooting the demon cop yeah why am I the whole (laughs) the whole demon cop scene is the the demon cop sequence feels like they just started filming shit and we're like let's just do it we'll see what happens blow the car up I mean to be fair they shot the first Phantasm it feels like they were just like yo we just wrote the scene let's just shoot it maybe we'll use it maybe we won't that feels like they did that for the fourth movie. Only by the fourth movie, that was a bad plan. Like yeah, you yeah. could you could improvise Phantasm One by Phantasm Four with the budget you have, the time commitments. Everybody knows what the fuck you're shit. doing. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, no, no. You should have had a tight script. You should have figured and that, that script should have moved. Yeah. yeah, because if the script moved for those sections, then those dreamlike past sequences would have been even more effective, in my right. opinion. No, I could you're be right. wrong, right. but that's you're what right. I feel like. Also, well, but uh, Laura, you love this movie, do you not? I do. Yeah. No. I, I mean. Like, like like you adore this movie. You legitimately love like Phantasm I, like 4. I said. This was the this was my first my first real introduction to Phantasm was that ending, and I was like, uh. I have to know the rest of this story. I was actually talking talking about it with my dad last night when I was over at my parents' house. Because <laughs> little side note, we were talking about like my niece wants to watch horror movies, and I was like, she should watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And my dad's like, I was gonna say that because it's not a yeah, it's a pretty easy it is. And then he was like, yeah, you were watching stuff like that by the time you were her age. And I was like, I kind of laughed like, yeah, he's like, hey, I didn't make you watch anything. Like, you wanted to watch those movies. I was like, Dad, I know. And then we start talking about Phantasm. He's like, oh, yeah. Then we saw that, like, Uncle Ken's the one time. I was like, yeah, Phantasm 4. Like, um, but that's enough of my weird personal life and introduction to Phantasm. <laughs> but no, I mean, this movie, like. Do you it, think that's part of it, though? That your, your I, love I, of this movie I, is I, that I, connection? I do think that I kind of biased to it because I have that connection, like, that good memory of my father. Yeah. Um, but also, it, it's like. The movie is kind of hyped up, like in the blurbs on the DVD case, like it's the final Titanic battle. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, I don't know if it is. Like, I think it works in the sense that it's like there is like that, like they're like, we don't know what the tall man is. We don't even know if we're gonna kill him, but we're gonna try to. And then that ending, even aside from the whole like flashback of just Reggie being like, "I'll come back for you, Mike," and then he just goes through the portal. Yeah. And you don't know what happens to him, and it, that's such a classically heroic ending. Like, and you know, it's it, you guys remember Quantum Leap? How Quantum Leap ended? No. Sure. Quantum Leap literally ended with the episode where the the Scott Bag, this character, was like, "I have to get back to my timeline. I have to leave now." And he jumps to the portal, and then a fucking a, like a card, a title card, comes up on the screen and says, "Doctor So and So never returned to his timeline." And that was the end of the series. Wow. That was it. But like, I, I think the whole Reggie just like constantly going after the. The, the tall man. The tall man. Yeah. I think that's sort of like a almost like a fairy tale like knight in shining armor ending. Like the battle continues. I don't know where it's going to take me. It's not happy. Whatever the opposite of happily ever after is. It's like this war's not over. But like Mike, your story's done. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to go now. Well, we touched on this in the in when we did it for the biz. But I I I think four could have been the ending again if more happened during. Yeah. It. Like, Four feels like a setup for five, regardless of yeah. what our actual emotions on five are. When four ends, you know that there's going to be a five. See, you I, know. Wasn't, I wasn't so sure. I was when 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 Reggie's like, "I'm out of here, man." I was like, "Are they going to try?" And I mean, I guess maybe because that's it's also in four when they when they when they find out what happened to the tall man. Quote yeah, unquote. when they go back in time, and it's and sort of like he's just like, "Yeah, I've been fucking around with these harmonics. Are you from the other dimension? Oh, you're not. Okay, well, I'm gonna go to the other dimension." And they're like, "Don't go to the other dimension." He's like, "I'm going to the other dimension," and he comes back as the tall man, and it's like, 
I think it's it's a simple kind of like tropey line, but like Jody says, like Jebediah Morningside never came back, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, that's creepy and weird. I I kind of suspected that they were like, all right, they're gonna do. How could they not do a five? But then that ending is like, I don't know, man. Like that was just such a perfect, yeah. You know, like just I'm happy not knowing what happens. Like I just think with this sort of rabid fan base though that this these films do have, yeah. I feel like if they needed to do more in four, for there not to be a five. Yeah, it wasn't like Rocky Five where Rocky Five was so bad and uneven and weird and stupid that they had to do a Rocky Balboa to sort of like sure make up to the fans like, all right, no, this is how it actually ends. Like this yeah. is. But, yeah. And then you have Creed, Liam O'Donnell's finest screen time. <laughs> I forgot that. I forgot that, you so much. that was Liam O'Donnell's cinematic debut. Greatest part of the whole yes. movie, but go on. Yeah. Monsters. Yeah. Monsters. <laughs> are we going to do five? Are we actually going to do this? Yes. That leads yes. us then. Is there yes. anything else we need to say about four? Well, uh, four leaves us with the, an amazing ending. I'm gonna I, s- I would say that you could watch the, those four phantasms and be done. I actually told. Are, are you? Do you follow? Um, who are they on Twitter? Uh, the podcast Vincent Price's Laugh. Oh yeah, totally. The one girl on that, um, Elby, she had said like, "Oh, but we want to like, you know, we, we want to see five. And I was like, "Don't fucking watch five. Yeah. If you like the way four ended." You don't just need to finish that. Just that's fine. It, five never happened. Right. Like if you're if don't even be a completist. You don't need to see five. It's just gonna fucking make you angry. <laughs> don't watch Phantasm Five. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? Dude, here's the thing. Phantasm Five. <sighs> Man, I got. I couldn't get through it. I stopped. I couldn't. There was no way. I tried for you guys, but. No. So you don't know how it ended. I don't want to know. I know how it ended. Liam told me because it's he's terrible. a good friend, and that's what good friends okay. do. But so ugh, why don't fuck. you start? Just okay. start at the beginning and work your way. Dude, through. here's the thing. Okay, so the guy driving, first of all, the Cuda. He calls the car the Cuda. Yeah. What the fuck, man? First off, you're skipping out on the Don on the on the on the. It's not even Don Cascarelli. Fuck! It's this guy. Jesus Christ! So the movie opens up. Like they all do with this shitty flashback. In case you you're dumb and you've never seen Phantasm <laughs> one through four, or you don't know how movies the work. The fucking special effects in this movie. Okay, so do you remember? And I think it's Phantasm three when that yeah. swarm of spheres comes around the corner. That looks better than the fucking yeah. garbage we see in this movie. And what's funny about this is Liam and I started watching this movie in standard definition. Got about twenty minutes in, it, internet connection crapped out. We got on was it Amazon or whatever and got like a four yeah. K. And seeing that movie in 4K, so much holy yeah. slithering Jesus! It was like, fuck, like yeah, like the copy we were watching was not as good, which is fine, uh, but we didn't realize we're like, oh, this looks all right. I mean, it's not a great movie, or whatever. And then when we switched over to the high de- that definition, you could see like, oh, is this shot on a fucking cell phone? Like, <laughs> is this, what is going on? Is this on a right Sci-Fi now? Pictures original from 1998 right. that they sandwiched into between Hurricane Shark and fucking Mega Croc? What the fuck is Don Coscarelli <laughs> thinking? So Don Coscarelli didn't really have as much to do with he this movie. Had, he was like co-producer or something. Because the, this movie originally started as a Kickstarter project. Yes, yes. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Was it... Was it actually Reggie Bannister who like it was Reggie and the guy who directed it who wanted this thing to happen and Don Cos uh, Don Coscarelli like signed off on it like he was a part of it he gave it his blessing it was episodic right wasn't it coming out uh, from what I understand it came out like in episodes on like YouTube or some bullshit 
It looks like it. It fucking looks like it. Is that what happened, Liam? Is, do you I know? I think so. Yeah, I think, but I don't think the whole thing. I think there was just a few. It wasn't episodic in the sense of every aspect of the movie you could have seen in advance. Right. But there were a few sections that, that were, were like, made. "Hey, we're doing it. We've done this much so far. We want to do more. Help us do it." You know. So bad, dude. So the, the the big problem that I have with this movie is that <sighs> that God. Reggie sings in it. It can't. Dude. There's that. There's that. But you know, he, he it's 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 a rock and roll movie. It's the fact that it can't make up its mind what it wanted to be. And it was. I'll, I will give credit where credits due. The idea that this whole thing is Reggie hallucinating in a, in a fucking old folks home, and that the tall man is just his bedside person and he's working these fantasies that could be kind of cool operative word being could it's not cool it doesn't work out it it's not cool it's fucking terrible but and then they switch back and forth between like the tall man's taken over the world and mike is like a member of this like band of rebels again i'm still on board at this point that's a really cool way to like it's it would be cool but then they show Oh my God! The special effects they use for the see the and then they came and blah 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 and this you see these giant spheres like cutting down buildings and it's just videos of controlled demolition with the spheres horribly photoshopped in right and then just all this and then there's that like little person the rebel who calls everyone motherfucker and every line out of his mouth is like an action movie like all right you fucking sons of bitches let's go motherfucker and like he's just so and. God, what the dude f- in the car at the beginning of the movie with the glasses. <laughs> Liam called, yeah. uh, referred to as me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Justin, I didn't know you were in this movie. Yeah. As soon as I saw that guy, I thought he was the singer from The Hold Steady. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was like, she was taking classes and took advances. Wow, wow. Like, I, I just heard yeah. lift or pull her in my head. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I was like, man, this dude from The Hold Steady, he is having a bad day. And he gave his clothes to Reggie. It, it just it, like, his clothes it, have gonorrhea on them now. It, it kept it, it, it kept trying to be too like fan service. Yeah, like yeah, like the, which I respect that though. Do I you don't, not respect? I do not. Be, okay, so the scene again, the scene where it has to be like remember, remember the remember we did this was the scene where Reggie's wandering the halls of whatever the fuck he's in, and he sees the lavender lady from the first one. And uh-huh. just in case you don't know who it is, we have to show you a, a flashback. flashback of that. And here's the thing. That scene would have been really creepy if it had anything else to do with the fucking movie. Because she's just in it and she makes a scary face, which again, it's scary. And then he kills her or someone kills her. The I don't even know. She dies and she, it does nothing. They're not like, they're, it's one of his phantasms. Like she's one of his 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 minions. It's just nothing. She's just, just, she's just there. He just goes just, through a portal and he's there. in the fucking thing and she's there. Yeah, it's just so... And then like, oh my God, Angus Scrim in this, God rest his soul. He looked like fucking 90 pounds of shit stuffed in a fucking 75 pound bag. <laughs> I will say that the biggest tragedy of Angus Scrim, I am more sad that he lived long enough to make this movie than I am that I will never get to meet him. Huh. That's dark. That's, I'm, yeah. I'm honestly you serious. just took a turn just now. No, that's, but I that's think... That's how bad think, this movie is. I think that's fair. I mean... Uh, okay. <laughs> the movie looks... You, you touched on it, but I really have to highlight this. It looks bad. It looks bad in a way... We've sat through four of these low-budget-ass motherfucking movies. But they look like and movies. And no movie that he had made looks as bad as this one. So right. it's just visually bad. Then add on to that the special effects. There are special effects moments in this movie. Have you ever seen a little movie called Manborg? Yes. Manborg is a comedic film. 
And it's it's on purpose to be shitty. And it's it was filmed it's all green screen. Everything yeah. is green screen. It filmed sucks. in a fucking basement. Yeah. And it's meant to look bad. It's no part of it is and the special effects in Manborg are better than the special <laughs> effects in Fantastic. It's Five. terrible. It's it's it really looks bad. Yeah, off, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. when they're like, We're gonna show you this whole apocalyptic scene. And I, I, I kinda get the feeling that the attitude is like, Look, this is what fans want, but this is all we can afford. So we're gonna right. do it this way. Just don't do it. Yeah. Especially when the whole uh, conceit seems to be, this might all just be in Reggie's mind. If this is all in Reggie's mind, I don't need to see shitty yeah, apocalyptic we, Yeah, we don't need to say elsewhere the shit. Yeah, like, it's, let's just have it be him. If that's the idea, and especially the way the film ends, I mean, people might say, it's ambiguous. It's not ambiguous. It's oh not ambiguous. God, it's the not film ambiguous. ends where it's all fucking Reggie's problem. Reggie's a crazy person, and he's dying, and it's really sad, and Mike and Jody are there, and they wish him. And then, of course, we see them going off in the car, and it's like, no, 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 no. That's not the reality. The way you made this movie, whatever you intended, is that Reggie's a crazy person. Yes. Mm. We've wasted our time for four films, and now it's all over. I fucking hate Jody, too. Can I put that out there? Dude, okay. So, I fucking so hate here, that guy. Here's the worst part. The, the thing that, like, really, like, the thing that, like, just... I wanted. I I was so fucking mad. Was the scene at the very end where like, you know, they're like there's the minions, whatever. They're, they're lurkers and the gravers, the guys in the ch- the, the mask, and they're like, oh, they're running out of this the building. fake Jawas. The Go fake on. Jawas, yeah. And all of a sudden, the fucking Cuda comes around the corner with the Cuda. guns, goddamn blowing shit up. And you're like, who's in the car? And then the door opens, and it's fucking Jody. And it's supposed to be this big revealing moment, except. Jody's been in the past two fucking movies. Yeah, you know, it's not Come this on. big reveal. Like we, yeah. it, 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 we expect it to yeah, be Jody. It's, it's not like if Jody was. I didn't n- see this part because I bailed. But dude, it's so bad, and it's like he's like, "Hey guys," and they're like, "Jody," and it's like, <laughs> "Dude, like <laughs> oh, I can't believe Jody's it's back." What's Jody doing in the third it, movie he's been in? It would honestly be like in Rocky Three if Apollo Creed just walked in and be like, Apollo! And he's like, what's up? Like, we know you're there, man. Like, like you're living in America starts yeah. playing and Apollo just let me be, strolls in. Let me be clear. America. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. But it's just like, do you see what I mean though? Like, they, they clearly only had him in this movie to be like, the fans want Jody in this movie. Put Jody in the movie. Even though it, it doesn't matter because like, if he hadn't been in parts three and four, which, let's be honest, he didn't need to. He didn't bring yeah, anything to the story. did nothing for the story. Yeah. No offense, Bill Thornberry, but whatever. Um, I don't even know if this is his real name. I just made that up. And <laughs> just, you can yeah. meet him, so we, yeah. the, it yeah. doesn't even matter. So but you can meet just, him, just I, I hope he's like, hey, what's up with my parts in Phantasmin 3? I'm so sorry. Sign my popsicle stick that Reggie gave me. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean, though? It was just like, it was like there were so many little things in this movie that were supposed to like pull the heartstrings of the true fans. And it's like, you made a movie not 20 years ago that was part four of this. This isn't Phantasm 2 that people, it's not the sequel that people have wanted for. 40 years and you're just bringing all this back and like look at this and boom 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 like you have I'm not beat these characters to death but we know what these characters have been up to I mean yeah Reggie comes out of the it, it, it the beginning of this movie is as you referenced Reggie earlier coming out it's Halloween 2 style it's like yeah. I'm just coming out of the desert sure I look 18 years older than the last time you I saw me just I mean though. seriously a, don't be wrong there's a continuity problem with every single one every single one of these movies acts like Let's pretend it hasn't been a decade. Yeah. And we'll just yeah. pretend like we just shot this the next day. Like, you but, can just imagine the guy playing Jody's like, see that? Jack, it still fits. But like, the way that this that kind of shit. But the way yeah. that this movie works, it feels like those other movies didn't really happen. 
Yeah. They, they don't really impact the story. You could literally watch Phantasm 1 and Phantasm 5, and you'd only miss two, three points. And whatever you missed, they'd show you in the fucking flashback anyway. <laughs> which, is a tr- which is awful, because all of those movies, all of them, I hated Phantasm 2 with a fucking passion that was so rich you could fucking live on it for years. I, I hated it. that movie. And now I watch the movie, it's not that bad. Because yeah. Phantasm 5 is a failure that is complete and fucking towering. <laughs> it, it's just so... Dude, how they kill the tall man, there's like the little dwarf guy, he's the fighter, and he's just like, oh, the tall man's on the other side of a... He's on the other side of a canyon, isn't he? And he's like not threatening at all because it's Angus Scrim on his deathbed, which I know I keep coming back to, but I cannot drive home enough how frail and sad he looks in this movie. But he's like standing there and there's the little the, the Jawas and all of a sudden you see the guy in the hood. He's like, hey, I got this motherfucker and he's got these bombs on him. Yeah, he's a badass. <laughs> Watch out. And he fucking jumps. Here's how they kill the tall man. You ready? They strap bombs on a little person and he jumps on the tall man and they blow him up. That's how they kill him. But then... In the post credit scene, which we didn't watch because I wanted to go to sleep and possibly never wake up again, and you were also, <laughs> you know, they busy. Him and Rocky, the the girl for the nunchuck girl from the third movie, they pull up in a car and they look up in the sky and it's like filled with sil- silver spears. Mm-hmm. And the little the little little person, he's missing a hand because when the bomb went off, you know, I don't know, it blew his hand off. And he's like, eh, this motherfucker's back, <laughs> and it's like the war's not over. And it's like, well, isn't it? Reggie died. The whole thing was in his head. Like, yeah. I, and I love the idea that if Reggie did die, it was all in his head, and this all continues on in Reggie's dream world post death. The only people he can think of are the dwarf who he hated and Rocky and, yeah. and Rocky. Those are the only two. Yep. The, okay. What a piece of shit, man. I mean, why even have Rocky in the movie? It's literally like again because just they to were call like, back to pandering the fans. She, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, remember Fanta- hey, you guys remember Phantasm Three? Yeah, we do too. They, you, know, you know what they should have done? You know, you know who you don't remember? The little kid from Phantasm Three. You know, what, don't worry about it. You know, here's what, Rocky, dude. What if they brought James Legros back? What if James Legros was like, it's alternate Mike from another dimension? Ah. Yo, one hundred percent though. If the way, if if there was a moment in this movie where. Real Mike and Fake Mike fucking chest bumped and started fighting Jawas together. I would have been like, "All right, this is all right. Okay, <laughs> this is we're going in a direction I can yeah, get down with." Yeah, fair enough. We can get down with that. This is because then we're like really bending reality for no reason. This like, fucking I'm movie. And, and, and dude, it, it, oh. the thing is, is that like it's it's you know on my on my other podcast, Eric Roberts is a fucking man. We watch a lot of shitty movies that we then you can you can just decide how much are we willing to shit on this movie. Yeah, but the problem with Phantasm Five is like. It's so bad that I want to kind of be like, you know what, guys? It doesn't matter. It's just bad. Let's <laughs> move on and not talk about it. But it is the it is delivered to us in a way that's like, here's what you've been waiting for. We and know you've now. been salivating. You can't wait. And here it comes. And like all the trailers are like, finally, the end of the epic saga. Like you can't end it on this much. This total of a wet fart after yeah. hyping us up this much. Yeah. At, at this point, they really just should have put it out like, this should have been released. The <laughs> they way- should have done it like a flip book that you thumb through. No, you know what? This, sh- <laughs> this, should, have, this changes, should have been you know? released like the sleepaway, uh, the sleepaway camp fan film. You know, like they did that sleepaway uh, yeah, camp yeah, yeah. movie with the stars, but it was like late. It was like basically like let's pretend the sequels never existed. And we'll do this other movie. <laughs> yeah. 
and you can only basically see it like on YouTube or on special features of other Blu-rays. That's what fa- like literally there should be a Blu-ray yeah. set of the four Phantasm movies, and then a special feature on Phantasm Four is. We also made this other shit yeah. movie. If, you, if, if for some reason you want to watch yeah, it's it, it's fan fiction, really. And they, they they really like, and it it was like that was like there was so much hype around this movie. Yeah, yeah. there was so much hype, and then like, it, 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 like if you're gonna hype a movie up this much, you better be one hundred ten percent that. Like, I I don't understand how how Don Coscarelli saw this. And was like, yeah, go ahead. Fucking release that shit. Do That's that good. shit. Like, they're like, uh, did we also? We didn't mention the part where the the spheres they kill a horse. Yeah, they, they just did. kill a horse they, with really bad CG blood. With horrible CGI blood. Yeah, yeah, why are they killing the horse? Like, just like, there's so many times in this. Like, oh my god, what a fucking yeah, dude. It was the, rough. My I, heart I, is I, broken. The the thing that I really can I just also say like we've we harped on Reggie a little bit too and his, but the fact that a joke in Phantasm Five is like. Oh, one of these ladies, for some reason, now that Reggie's, what, 78 years yeah, old yeah, or yeah. whatever the fuck he is, one of these ladies actually wants to fuck Reggie. Oh, he's asleep. He's asleep. Oh, yeah. oh, oh man. Can you believe it? And then we'll just murder her because she doesn't matter anyway. So yeah. we'll just kill her character off. It's like, it's so, oh. Yeah, it's cringe-inducing. It's the worst. Even this, like, uh, uh, like, uh, like, I just, I, I, I do want to talk about, like, Angus Grimm's actual performance is, like, in those, even up to part four, say what you will about the quality of the rest of the movies, but Angus Grimm had a commanding presence. Yep. Yeah. In every scene he was in, he, he's great. He Through the entire, all four it. movies. Yeah. He is a weirdo. He's just so evil and dangerous. And in this one, the scene where it's like Reggie is like, oh, Angus Grimm is like my roommate and he's just laying there being like a normal, nice old man, which I'm sure he was in real life. There's no more, there's no difference between the old guy laying in the bed and then when he's talking. There's no like, there's no like, he doesn't have that like commanding like aura of just fucking evil. He's just like talking to Mike and he's like, yes, well, you will see soon. The game is over now. Now we we're done playing. Now that's it. Your you Angus Grimm impersonation is amazing. Just, but that, I mean, that, that, you that's were a, him just. Yeah, now. I was him. Yeah, it's just like you know, I can give you your family back, but I must have Mike and Jody. And he's like, "Well, I want Mike and Jody, my family." Okay, you can't have them. Think about it. That, that's that. That is it. Like yeah. fucking fuck everything. Like fuck this terrible movie. Fuck the director. Fuck Reggie Bannister. Fuck Halloween. Fuck October. God, no, no. Everything sucks. It's just like this. This <laughs> the, the most ridiculous thing about that, besides the fact that it was unnecessary, was that Josh is doing it with the biggest. Like this was like the best thing you ever see. Like a little kid just start yelling, and they're so stoked that they're yelling right now. The smile on Josh's face was like, "Ha ha!" That's how I feel. It's Dude. great. It's so like it's, so it, it, it's honestly like it, it, okay. Here, here's how bad this movie is. It's obviously meant to recap something that happened like 40 years ago. Earlier in this podcast, I shit on Texas Chainsaw, which is similar. It meant to that movie is like a fucking Fellini film compared to this. <laughs> like, no, it's true. Like, it, it, like it's, if you just were to compare these the the Phantasm Five to like any shitty, like any of the worst fucking horror remakes, the worst Hellraiser any, movies are better than this. Yeah. Wow, it's that's a, saying a dude, lot. Freddy's Dead, better than this. Wow, like. Yeah piece of shit Pumpkinhead Bloodwings <laughs> better than this Pumpkinhead you've seen Pumpkinhead Bloodwings blood a long wings. time ago good lord you know He's... Melani hates Lance Hendrickson so we can't watch Pumpkinhead what movies the in this house yeah they're it's overrated story. anyway well 
But I mean, like, dude, Lance Hendrickson, near dark. That means she can't like near oh, dark. aliens. No, that's not the Terminator. Yeah. No. Unex- House unex- Three, unexpected. the horror show. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, I do like House Three. Dude, actually. House Three is awesome. <laughs> I, th- I think the House movies are some. Of the- We're going to get a whole other thing. <laughs> Those <laughs> are great movies. Let's, though. Let's Brian up, James' finest work. <laughs> let's wrap up our Phantasm discussion simply oh, by saying that. Uh, Stop it for the whole reason we did this thing was because of Phantasm. 5. I mean, let's be honest; like, it's a good idea to do a Phantasm recap, regardless. But this was, and I'm sure all the other things you're seeing about Phantasm are inspired by like the excitement of the Phantasm remat- Five, yeah, yeah. No, well, number five, the, and and the the, the restoration of the yeah. first one. No, so. totally. But the 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 fact that this fifth one was coming out was part of that, and so to be so disappointed and so bummed, I don't think we. Usually when we don't like a movie, we don't spend that much talk- time talking about it on Cinepunk. Yeah. It's not what we do on the show. But no, because we're PMA. We, we, we keep it posy. I don't know that that's true, no, but, 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 true. But, but I don't like But spending... we don't spend time talking about stuff that really bums this Not movie, that much, this but it was, we needed to with this This one. movie is such a failure, failure that it really does warrant a closer examination to sure. find out just how fucking badly things went off the track when it came to this movie. Right. I, I can't even like, oh my God. Yeah, it's really bad. Well, all I can say to any of that is, um, if you have the chance, don't see Phantasm Five. <laughs> but I will say that if you haven't seen them, I think the first four Phantasm movies are worth checking out. Yeah. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you have seen them. Mm-hmm. But go back and rewatch. You might be someone. Chances I, are, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen one and two. We would suggest three and four. Not everyone sees three and four. I, I've definitely talked to people who just like gave up after two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, three yeah, and yeah. four, check it out. But fuck Phantasm 5. Fuck okay. that fifth one. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything that we want to hype or promote? 24-hour Harathon coming up? I'm hoping to get this done before then because... Are you going, Lore? I am. Lore nice. will be there. I will uh, not be there. Sean Bennis will be there, but late probably. Nice. Um, yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. excited. I don't know. I haven't actually asked if we should be selling shirts or not. It'd be hey cool. man, yeah, be awesome. I mean, we're definitely going to try to record some for hard business, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would like to talk to a couple people. You know, yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be a pretty fun time. Our friends Joseph and Dan and everybody at Exhumed, yeah. those guys are awesome and deserving of your time. And, I mean, I and, guess we don't have to hype it because it's way sold out. Yeah, so there's yeah, really... it's definitely like even <laughs> we can't. But no, it. it's cool that you guys are hyped on it and that you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. would go, but that weekend is the weekend before my dear wife's birthday, Aww. where she turns twenty one. And um, we are doing a whole bunch of okay, uh, Reggie. <laughs> now my, I'm not I'm not Reggie old, but um, we are getting tattooed by Mr. Troy Satters at P uh, Chinatown Eddie's, and um, you know that should be pretty fun. And we're going to see uh, we're going to horror haunted places, cool. creamy acres, and uh, we got tickets to this thing, this Ebenezer Maxwell House murder mystery. Do you know about this at all? I don't know. It's a mansion in the Northeast somewhere that they've staged an Edgar Allan Poe themed murder mystery play. That's and awesome. you got to walk through the houses, through the rooms in the house, and try and figure out who the murderer is and all this other stuff. Stuff like that, like haunted houses. Like I really think that the house, that movie, the houses that October built, that I watched for the horror business found footage episode. Yeah, it's a terrible movie, but it definitely, it definitely piqued my interest in the phenomenon of, of haunted houses. It's super fun. My girlfriend's a haunter. Like she right. does. Oh, she, have she, you ever seen? Uh, American Scream? No. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a cool documentary too, yeah. about haunted yeah. houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's like into haunted houses. It's fun, and man. it's just like I'm like it's such a like there's there's I don't want to get too off track, but apparently there's one out in Los Angeles that is like so it's, crazy. It's called, where it's just called Alone. 
yeah. where you have to sign a waiver saying like if you, you have a heart attack or something, you have to get you're not va- gonna, like you have yeah. to get like you don't have any psychological disorders, you don't have like yeah. anxiety because if you do, this is going to trigger all of it. Would you yeah. ever do one of those naked haunted houses? No one no needs to see me way. naked. I have never understood why it that doesn't a thing. at all seem fun. Me naked would be the true horror of that situation. <laughs> I will say, though, that Creamy Acres has the uh, zombie defense where you, you go in the hayride with the paintball guns. There's one of those up in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. That's so cool. I've never done that. So it sounds like it'll be really, really fun. I'd get too carried away because I've seen fucking <laughs> Night of the Living Dead way too many times. And yeah. I'm sorry, it's her Barbara yeah. and Johnny. <laughs> this one's for Cooper. Like, it's amazing. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get this up in time, but uh, Friday night, um, Turnstile's playing yeah. with uh, Angel Dust and Fury and uh, Crime Watch and some other band. So if this is up in time and you hear this, you should go like, check it oh, out. I didn't know about that. Also, November 5th, Solar Eyes is playing the church. I am so Oh, my pissed. God. I'm so psyched, dude. It's the benefit for the Orlando Pulse uh, shootings. That's yep. fucking cool. So all the proceeds are going to the families of the victims from that yep. tragedy. And I get to play with some amazing bands. So if you're there, come check it out. You know? I, missing Limp Wrist makes me want to cry like really badly. Yeah, but I'll get you a t-shirt. Don't worry about it. I'm into that. Because I love it. Hopefully it's the one with a literal blowjob on it. The last one that I got <laughs> was the, it said cruising the show and it had a cowboy with his butt out. Oh, I would be into that. That's <laughs> a, a cool brutal shirt. one. It's great though. But yeah, we're playing with uh, Limp Wrist, Crime Watch, Soul Glow, Hers, uh, Homo Superior, S21. Like, it's going to be a, a stacked show. It's going to be really, really crazy. I'm and so um, I'm pretty pumped. Oh, I I'm forgot. Pumped. And the weekend after that is the Infest show at the church. Oh, my God. The weekend after that's the Infest show. And then the, that week following is uh, we're playing with Walter oh, yeah, Schreifels. Totally. Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. we got so much shit coming Who else up. Who is man. on that Infest show, though? That's uh, uh, Pure Disgust is on there. Iron Lung. Iron Lung, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah dude, yeah. it's going to be a fucking sick show. That's also the same night as um, there's like a. Napalm Death or one of those bands? Oh, yeah. Napalm, Beth, Napalm Death is, is on playing tour. Underground Arts. Yeah, I think they're on tour with Power Trip right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and I I like Power Trip. Uh, Riley's a cool dude. They seem like cool guys. So um, I, I'm psyched to see Pure Disgust again. I, mean, I haven't seen them since Probably what Kratos. I'll do instead of going to that Napalm Death show is try to go to there's another Napalm Death show in like New York or something. Right, right. So right, if I'm right. free, I'll do that. But honestly, my schedule's been so crazy lately. I'm just trying to get to Infest. If I can get Dude, to Infest. And you know I love Infest and have never seen them. I still can't believe you've never yeah, seen them. That, that that's the thing that comes up every time I'm like, yo, I'm going to see Infest. It could be so sick. And you're like, they, they play so often now, I don't even know how you haven't seen them. My name's Liam. That's Why like, is that your impression of me? That's <laughs> <laughs> so awful. I don't, you don't see me going around doing my Josh impression. <laughs> we sound so much alike on the show anyway, it doesn't matter. Think so? I, it's been told Justin, to me. Justin, you listen can, to the show. Do we sound alike? No, but then again, I know both you guys in person and on the Who show. Who says so. that we sound alike? A lot of. Are they racist? Let's start with that. <laughs> <laughs> Is this about the fact that they're like all brown people no, sound alike? I was talking. I don't know who I, I was talking to. Um, so it's a long story, but one person I spoke to at work has listened to our show and was like, "I can't tell who's talking, so it, it's really difficult for me." That's weird to me. Yeah, me too. What's also weird is that this person was listening to our show and didn't know me. Do they have? It wasn't e- like they have ear damage. No, it was a person that was from the Midwest that came over with the help when we switched over from uh, when we switched over from paper Wait, charting so to electronic he, charting. How did he know about your? I don't know. He or she that is. I it was know. a it was a young lady who was like, "Yo, you're Cinepunks," and I was like, "Yeah." 
And apparently this young lady was into things that we okay, talk about. What is so weird about Cinepunks is that, you know, we're up to the point where, you know, they people know because I posted the latest numbers in our group here. But yeah. We're up to the point where a Cinepunks episode probably gets 500 to 600 downloads. That's so right. cool. Which is a lot for us. For it's not us, a lot in the it's big... A, it's a lot for us. Not a lot in the big scheme of things, but... There are podcasts that are, to me, equal to ours and as far as coolness... Yeah. That are pushing like eight, nine, ten thousand downloads. Yeah. Meanwhile, we go random places in the country and weirdos we don't know are like, you're on Cinepunks. Yeah. Which of you fuck? How does it? How, like, if you said to me, oh, you got about 500, 600 downloads, I'm like, well, most of those people are Philly people. And right? our friends, right? And our friends. And, like, and then, no. like, there's maybe like 200 people across the country. How is it that. We both have had interactions with people around the fucking country that are that like... That we don't know. Oh, you do Cinepunks? Yeah. How do you know that, motherfucker? Dude. Like, don't get me wrong. If you're listening to this right now and you're one of those people who doesn't know us in real life and you listen to the show... We appreciate thank it. Thank you. No, yeah. we love it. I, I For hope, real. I hope that didn't come across like antagonistic or anything, but it's just so weird to me because our numbers are not at the level where I'm like, of course I get fucking recognized. <laughs> if, well, we were at, just... if we were at 10,000 downloads, I'd be like, I expect to be recognized... In every major metropolitan area, dude. I mean, someone's coming to yourself is such an asshole. It's so yeah, good. No, exactly. It's so good. Well, You're because so if Italian. I actually said that, that would be an asshole thing to yeah. say. But dude, like we've been places. You've been and like places not home. It's true. I mean, it has happened at home, but it's also happened not at home. Yeah, where people have come up to you and been like, "Oh my god, you're the Cinepunks." Oh, guy. you do Cinepunks, right? Yeah. Someone came yeah, up to I me do. at a Chain of Strength show in Austin. Yeah. Someone came up to me at the Rock and Horror Fest in Boston. Yeah, it's like y'all know what I look like too. The and weird thing is, like, twice I've said to people like, "Oh yeah, I actually do a podcast called Cinepunks." They're like, "Oh no, I know." Yeah, that's also that's weird the weird one where it's yeah. like, "Oh, so this remember, was already assumed part of our conversation." <laughs> do and you, I didn't do know you remember that? last year at this is hardcore when I was working the Cinepunks table with you guys? Yeah. When that girl sat down and I was like, "Yeah, hey, my name's," she's like, "No, I know who you are," and I was like, "What's your name?" I was like, let me hang me a second. No mutual friends on Facebook. I'm sorry. How do you know me? Internet celebrity Justin Moore. Because of Cinepunks or because <laughs> of the biz? No, just no. That's not even because of the biz. It's because people follow Justin on Instagram because he does funny videos and they they pay attention to what he says on Facebook. I post I post cool stuff on Facebook and Twitter. You know what? Maybe the reason we're so popular is because we're friends. We're, we're horror biz adjacent. To, it's uh, not. It has nothing to do. Let's, be, let's clarify. Let's clarify. The entire point I'm trying to make is that we're not so popular, yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's so weird when yeah. people do recognize us. Yeah. Because again, it's a small pool of people. Right. So I right, expect right. all those people to be somehow directly like know, even if yeah. I don't know you, you like are a roommate of someone I know, or right. you are you know. So if we're somewhere else in the country and someone recognizes us, I'm like. No, that's that not, is weird. Who are weird. you? Who, are Who you? sent you? No, no, no. Yeah. Like again, if the we, tall man, I if we got to a popularity level where when people recognize me, it was like not surprising. That would be good enough. That's all yeah. I need in the world. You know like, what the worst thing about it though is what? I've been f- I've been tirelessly working and slaving away to this muse of music for the past twenty years in Philadelphia. Sure, and no one gives a shit. And then Cinepunks, we've That's been doing true. for the past I, three years. That, and then it's like, hey, you're the guy from Cinepunks. It's like, you didn't hear my sick-ass demo with my dope-ass band? I don't know. Cool. I hear Solarize is blowing up. Mm. Solarize is blowing up. Soon well, you'll be the dude from Solarize. Soon. 
soon. soon. I mean, honestly, this is why I want you to make sure you're hyping Solarize so that Cinnabons can ride those Solarize yes. coattails. Solarize coattails. It's a vehicle, yeah, yeah, yeah. A vehicle to glory. <laughs> there you go, guys. Hop on, we guys. Should, we should I probably, got enough room on these coattails for everybody. We should probably wrap this episode. All right. Hey, hey, we're so glad that you came on, Justin. Thank you for um, having thank me. Thank you for I, being a guest. I love being like I, I love coming on here and talking with you guys. Dude, it's almost like you're not a guest because you're so part of the fam anyway. Know, so it, it doesn't even matter. So I mean, good. you are, but I like the idea that we can spend time on each other's shows. Yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah, fun yeah. time. Yeah, was, someday, someday, Justin, you'll go on a mandate with Josh. As I well. would. That would It'll be, be so, so awesome. That would feel so good. Yes. What if we just keep talking about mandate, but it never happened? That'd like, be even funnier. Years That's of us being almost like, as funny. Any day now, mandate is <laughs> coming be, out. It would be like the podcast version of integrity. Hell, you just kept like making stickers and shit and hyping it up for years <laughs> before it happened, and then and then it's just and you know bad metalcore when did. it does. Fuck! I know, I know. No, Fuck. no, no. That's wow. not true. I don't feel that way. I just Every said that. song that was on a this trigger. episode is that was a trigger. Now. I triggered. I, I did that on purpose. I like Dude, to I start this you episode guys, with Misha. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Liam's face when Josh yeah. said you that. You motherfucker! <laughs> I think one of Liam's testicles just popped out of his mouth. That was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Hey, say the thing you say so we can end this. I, wait, wait, wait. Did you oh. check out the, the Harbiz 666 oh, yeah, on Instagram? I guess we should plug. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Download, download, download. You should also listen to Harbiz if you've enjoyed Justin. Even if you haven't enjoyed Justin, check it out. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. You should also give a listen to Loud Fast Philly because Joseph Gervasi is the man incarnate. You should read uh, some of the posts for Cineween. We've had some cool stuff going up. You should listen to the Solarize demo and the Cross Keys demo. And you should just love yourself. And, uh, you know, you just got to live, bruh. All right. Thank you so much. Episode 57. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Smoke bomb.